if you're going to take the risk of running advertising online, shouldn't you get the benefits of learning from someone who's in the platforms every second of the day? Welcome to BidPixel.com's Marketing Ear Biscuits, the original podcast dedicated to digital advertising run by two Aussie guys who ride around in kangaroo pouches and drink Fosters and 4X beer. Uh, today, I've got Murray here. So, we met Murray from the Social Media Marketing Institute a couple of years ago, and then obviously the Social Media Marketing Awards. So, uh, there's a award up there from us from a few years ago from real estate from your awards. And we were privileged to be there as a finalist again this year, uh, just gone in 2019. Murray, what's your background? Well, my background is actually in the fitness industry. And I use social media to grow my business all around the country, which led to me winning awards. And so after doing fitness for 15 years, I sort of was looking for a bit of a different place to go. My passion had become just a job and loved social media. And so took the jump into the social media space, but didn't want to just become an agency. I wanted to look at a way that I could actually bring the industry together to be able to help connect, to be able to help elevate the industry so that's why i established the social media marketing institute and the awards so that we can help the industry to grow and to i guess promote how amazing the people are that are in the industry yeah that's cool so you brought something to our industry that no one really had right there's this association in australia america's got a ama like you brought this to us to give i guess the marketing managers the small business owners a voice and to give them a bit of a sounding board against each other and to give some training and some accountability for them as well. Is that, that sums it up? Pretty much. And the other thing that we're actually working on at the moment is the ethical framework for the social media industry. And that's around the, the principles and values behind social media marketing. And we wanted to be able to to create a bit of a framework that everyone in the industry could work towards. So we're sort of halfway through working on that at the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there's one thing that we love is ethics in our industry and to bring that as a golden standard would be fantastic. So I brought you here today to talk about warming up business owners when someone wants to go digital. Now, this topic is really going to suit marketing managers in larger style businesses or just marketing managers in businesses where there might be a traditional owner or someone who doesn't really get the power of digital marketing, doesn't get the power of the analytics behind it, and maybe is stuck in their own ways. They're still doing some newspaper ads or billboards or you know that traditional stuff. So, I've got you in to have a chat about this. And the first thing that we want to talk about today was... Um, We've seen it time and time again, right, in our in the advertising side of things. Um, a lot of marketing managers, they, they, they're good at some things, but they're not great at everything. So one of the biggest things that we've found is they need to have an understanding of their figures before they go and approach the boss. So it's no good just going and saying, can I have $10,000 a month to spend on digital marketing or can I have $10,000 a year to spend on digital ads? What would be your number one advice when they for understanding the figures and understanding the platforms before they go and ask these traditional people for the budget? Well, it's interesting because I do speak with quite a lot of CEOs and also marketing teams. And sometimes I feel that they're not working towards the same common goals because they don't understand, particularly, I think what the CEOs are expecting that their marketing teams to do and then what the marketing teams then think is what they're achieving for their CEO can sometimes be different things. And so I think that, um, you know, one of the best things that you can do is understand what exactly is important to the business and to the CEO to understand what their objectives are, what their 
outcomes that they're wanting to achieve before you even go and approach the um, the CEO or, or the board or the business owner, whoever. Because I sometimes, when speaking with CEOs, they say, well, my marketing team thinks they're kicking goals and they're doing really well. But what they're measuring as success is not what I'm measuring as success. And if they don't understand that, then if they go and ask for money, then the boss or the, the CEO is going to say, well, what's that going to actually give me? So pretty much what you've just explained to me, two things came to my mind straight away. One is the boss, the CEO or the board are your stakeholders, right? Like mm-hmm. you're building marketing campaigns to your business's consumer but you need stakeholder buy-in and you need the boss's buy-in. So almost go through the same exercise of what are their pain points, what are their outcomes going to be? And you do it every day in your marketing role, do it in your internal discussions role. The other thing I think about is, um, I don't know if you read the book, The Five Love Love Languages, that's right. You've got to find what that love language of that CEO is, right? And you can't go in to something completely different because they're just not going to get it. And oftentimes, I guess that's going in digital when they don't understand what they actually want and need. And I was just going to say along with that too is sometimes you find or I find a lot of the owners, the CEOs, they can tend to be people who are not big social media users themselves. So they don't necessarily understand, you know, what social media can bring to them. They only see that it can be a distraction. It can be they're investing in money. They're not seeing the return that they're expecting. So they don't really understand what it could bring them. And so part of the role of the marketing manager is as an educator to be able to explain and show to those people who are the stakeholders, what is the value? What are you bringing? And why do I need to invest in it when I've got so many other competing places that my money needs to be invested in? Perfect. So that segues perfectly into the second topic, which was uh, know what some realistic targets are going to be. If you've got an annual marketing budget, understand how much of a portion you're going to spend on digital. Uh, One of the things we recommend people is maybe take 10% of that annual marketing budget and allocate it to digital, but make sure you're reporting back and where it needs to be reported back. Um, so cost per thousand, a CPM is a fantastic way of, you know, without any conversion tracking of showing where your money went. Uh, the CPM of a newspaper or a billboard on the side of the road might be $36, $40. But you can, if you can show a CPM of under $10 for digital, it's money well spent. Mm. Um, what's some realistic targets that you think just off the top of your head would be uh, wise for someone to go to a board with or a boss or a CEO? Well, I mean, that's how long is a piece of string in some ways. I mean, it's getting to understand what it is that they're wanting to achieve and understanding, well, what to them is a result because for all the different types of organisations, results can mean different things. I mean, you know, for some it could be that they really just want brand awareness and, I mean, we know in social, you know, particularly we're not, you know, brand awareness is not always something that we're always trying to aim for. We're very much into the conversion area. But we need to understand, well, what is success? And then when you understand what that success is, then you can start to decide, well, how much am I going to allocate to be able to achieve that kind of result? So I think that's where you've got to understand what that is first. Awesome. All right, so some targets might be, obviously we said CPM, you might have a conversion. Like if, if they genuinely need to get leads through the website, sales mm-hmm. through the website, it might be conversion. But take someone like NicePack, for example, they're distributors of brands. They just might need brand awareness. And mm-hmm. what's the most cost-effective cost way to get in front of their target market? I think if you're going to go digital when you have not traditionally gone digital, uh, one of the major metrics that we kind of work with people is just showing that you can get in front of the target audience. And, you know, 
your CPMs might be fantastic, but when you can show that those CPMs were exactly for the target audience of who your product brand or service is, that's an even more powerful thing that you can take back to the bosses. Mm. Here's a bit of a loaded question for you then, which was the next one. I hope you're prepared prepared for this, was what budget do you need and what return will you achieve? Is that really something that needs to be talked about with your boss? Well, I think you as an organisation need to understand what the budgets are because how can you go and ask for money when you don't know what the, you know, is happening in the company? You don't understand where they're heading. Because, I mean, if, if the company is heading on a, you know, an upward trajectory and it's bringing in lots of sales and revenue, you know, there's obviously money to be shared and spread around. But if the business is really tightening down, I mean, some of the things that they might then start to say, well, I don't really understand social media, I don't understand digital. So that's where I'm actually going to start reducing the budget. So I think, you know, sometimes you need to really understand where the business is at and understand what your numbers are and how much it costs to get a sale, those kind of conversions, so that you can actually go back to the boss and say, well, if we spend this much money, we're going to get this much as a return. So here's our little tip for anyone who is in this position, uh, and it's time and time again, trade shows, marketing fairs, anything like that, generally big businesses, they're happy to spend $10,000 an event, right? And a lot of them, that is their marketing budget for the year. They might go to 10 events at ten at $10,000 each. There's $100,000 to get their brand presence out to a select group of people. Your traditional business owner or CEO sees that as a hyper-targeted audience, right? They're attending a trade show for your specific niche or industry. One of the things we then work with these marketing managers is, right, let's take one-tenth of that budget. So let's take $1,000 and do a strategic Facebook ad over the top of that trade show and then follow those people when they go back home after the event. And being able to show the life cycle of, you know, yes, we got in front of everyone and we got in front of everyone who was in the hall, not just people who came up and talked to us at the stand. And then we chase them back to where whatever regional town or city or inter- international, wherever they've come from. Being strategic when you're asking for the budget and not asking for a a parity of traditional budget, I think is a very strong point, like you said. And it's also, you know, they also know what they know know and they know what they don't know. That's right. And see, for them, trade shows, they know that. They know that they get certain results from trade shows. So they don't have any issue with investing in those kind of things because they've always done that. Where digital, that's it's always evolving, it's always changing, and a lot of the time they don't understand it. So they're always going to be more cautious before heading into that space. Correct, correct. Um, What about doing some competitor analysis? So one of the Quick, simple ways to prove to your CEO, your boss, or your board that you are going to miss the bandwagon is just some competitor analysis. So what can they look at directly from their competitors, either local, international? uh, What's some of that analysis that they can do to show where sort of this brand might sit currently amongst their peers? Well, I mean, it's important to be able to understand where you're sitting anyway when it comes to your brand. But I think by showing your CEO that your competitors are doing these other sort of things, they get that sort of feeling like they're being left out. And so if you can show that they're doing those kind of campaigns, they're they're in digital, they're doing the different types of things that you're wanting to go into, then of course, as long as you can quantify that there is going to be a, a good result for you as well, they'll be wanting to be interested and involved. That's right. Like you show that there's high stakes and there's going to be some winners and losers here. Mm-hmm. Like you can reverse engineer if they're running Facebook ads. You can reverse engineer if they've got Google ads on. You can do a bit of time and research into SEO or uh, everything is kind of reverse engineerable mm. for lack of using the same word a few times, <laughs> same phrase. But taking that information to your CEO or your boss is a very powerful way of them realizing, well, hang on, we're not on this bandwagon and 
we're going to get left behind real mm. fast if we don't invest some time and strategy into this. You know, it's that FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. I mean, it's real and it's a, it's a good and powerful way to, for you to be able to get your marketing objectives brought onto the table. All right. So the psychology of big stakes and teasing the promised land. So we just talked about this big stakes of getting fear of missing out. What's the... What are some things that we can take to these CEOs or bosses and what's this promised land without overselling and without overcommitting to what we can actually do? Well, I think it's important when you get to go in front of the board or in front of the CEO that you need to make sure that you are able to explain what it is that you're trying to sell to them because I think you want to get in front, you think you want to get in front of this boss or CEO and dazzle them with all the knowledge and skills that you have to show that you know what you're doing. But the best thing you can do from a psychological perspective is actually probably to just very simply and basically explain to that boss or CEO what it is that you're wanting to achieve and don't overdazzle them with technology and language and speak and just show them very simply what it is that you're wanting to to achieve. And that, you know, that's the best way. And then don't kill them by PowerPoint presentations either because, that, <laughs> you know, getting the, getting up and doing, killing them by PowerPoint is going to be the fastest way that they're going to lose interest in what it is that you have to share with them. And remember that the key when you're presenting any ideas is to get their engagement. And so think that most of the time you're going to be answering questions, not just selling to them. So be prepared to give simple answers Keep it, you know, don't dazzle them with your brilliance. They already know you're awesome. And to be able to make sure you've got the job, you're the expert, you don't need to dazzle them. And just, you know, make sure that you engage them, get them to, it should really be a whole question and answer session. It should be getting them to find out what their fears and objections are, pulling those out and then answering those questions. That's marketing 101, right? It is. And it's, yeah, like we said, like the stakeholder is your boss instead of the end customer of your brand. So... The psychology of that's probably a big, big thing. I've sat in plenty of boardrooms where a marketing manager is trying to pitch advertising services to the boss. And it is, you're exactly right. If you try and go too big, use the industry lingo, you just, they glaze over. And you Mm -hmm. can see the moment in this boss's eyes where they glaze over and he's thinking about golf or he's thinking about that HR problem that he's got or no, keep it simple, stupid is probably the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. No, one of the things that we've found works well is going back to that CPM metric. You know, we are spe- currently spending across all channels $26 per thousand people. We can we believe we can get that down to $10 per thousand and half, more than half our advertising budget. Or you know, we, we're currently getting a thousand people hit our website per month and we've got a conversion rate of 0.3% of those thousand people. We believe we can up that to 10,000 people and get a 2.5% conversion rate and then here's the simple maths yeah. behind and what that. what does that actually equate to in sales and, and revenue? No, this is going mm. to equate to this in sales and revenue. And we only need to spend maybe a quarter of the budget that we currently spend in our traditional means. Hey, boss, can we give it a go for two quarters and see how it works? Yeah. Um, and hold yourself accountable to those metrics that you're saying that you're going to achieve because he will definitely do that. 100%. <laughs> don't oversell yourself, right? No. Like if you overpromise and you can't deliver, yeah. that potentially is your job on the block. And it's going to make it that much harder for you in the future to ask, for these sorts of permissions to do these things. Yeah, you'll definitely get barriers in place and that's when you'll actually have a losing battle to try and get your team, your CEO, your board on your side. That's right. All right, so it's inevitable. What happens 
when they reject your first request to push forward. So say, let's paint the picture. You've been in this marketing role for two and a half years, a company that you love. The team culture is great. There's a couple of brand managers who get out and sell their butts off, but you believe you can help them and you go in a little bit too gung-ho. What can we do and how can we take a step back and look after we've maybe been told no? Well, we all get told no at some stage and it could be that the reason we get no, and it's the same with sales. If you uh, if you get no's, it doesn't mean it's a no forever. It just means a no, not now, or I don't have enough information to make a decision. So from that, you need to take away and say, well, what are the reasons why they didn't want to move forward with it? Is there issues with the budget or is it issues with the, the information that I've presented? Did I answer all their questions? If I haven't answered their questions, I need to do more delving and, and, and diving to find out what is it that they didn't like that stopped this moving forward. So to me, it's not a no forever. It's just a no for right now. And what do I need to do to get it to turn into a yes? Perfect. We've got a bit of a staying here at BidPixel that a no is a great answer. A maybe is a not a good answer, yeah. right? At least no, you know where they stand and yep. you've got room to improve. Whereas a maybe is wishy-washy and you're just going to go around in circles. So, right, that was super easy. That's our questions done. So how to warm up a business owner or a CEO or a board to push some more money towards digital. It could be ad spend. It could be just getting more help with social media posting. It could be many means of getting you know, a brand out there digitally, but how do we actually do it? I think that's some pretty cool things. So we talked about understanding your figures, knowing what realistic targets are going to be and not shooting yourself in the foot, uh, what budget you need and you know, how should you prove a return on that? What are going to be the objectives? So are they doing awareness, traffic, uh, conversions, mm-hmm. bit of a competitor analysis and the psychology of big stakes and teasing, you know, what the results you're going to get and then how to sharpen your pencil if you get told no. Is there anything else you could add to that? Um, we yeah, open slather for you. How can we warm up owners to go digital? Well, I think we just need to make sure that we do a good job as, as marketers. I think we need to, like you said, we need to walk our talk. We need to be good examples to them. And we need to make sure that we are able to communicate effectively and efficiently what it is that we do. Cool. So where might some people go? This is a shameless plug for you. Maybe they're a marketing (laughs) manager and they're really good at content strategy or they're amazing copywriters or they're really good at the advertising side of things. Where should they go if they just need a hand with everything else? Where can they go if they just need to look better on somewhere that they're not that crash hot on? Because quite frankly, no one is good at everything in marketing world. Where, what, what resources are there that they could go to to learn a little bit more about the other areas? Well, particularly in social media, I mean, it's hard to be an expert in every aspect of social media. I know that I know what I know and I know that I call people like yourself when I need to have help when it comes to different parts of social. So I think, you know, one of the reasons I set up the Social Media Marketing Institute was to bring everybody together so we didn't have to try and be an expert or I should say more of a generalist across everything, that we can be specialists in our space and that we can connect and work with each other to, you know, those areas that we're not so good at. So being a member of the Social Media Marketing Institute is is a really important way to be able to do that. Cool. And a segue from there, if you happen to absolutely crush it and you've done some amazing jobs, you might be a a female in tech, you might be amazing at non-profit work, 
how can you show off your skills and how can you get recognition for that? And you know where this is going, right? Oh, I absolutely know where this is going. And, uh, you know, the reason we, as the Social Media Marketing Institute, set up the Social Media Marketing Awards was so that we can showcase and highlight the amazing work that is being done by social media marketers and business owners across the spectrum of social media. And, you know, when people can, sometimes it's hard to show how well you're doing, you know, if you don't have something like an award. And as soon as you are able to be a finalist or even win the award, it just gives people that, you know, place to be able to see that you do an amazing job. And, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I won some business awards the other day and within the space of a couple of days, I transitioned that into, you know, a very large contract because of that award. So it's very tangible. A hundred percent. So we won the award at your awards in 2018 for real estate and advertising in real estate. And it turned into a lot of work for us with real estate agents because there's credibility in behind that Mm -hmm. and build out the case study and build out that information and just show exactly why you are good and why you are award winning, right? Cool. That wraps this pretty much up. One more thing. Ask me a question about something up on the wall here. Anything. Hmm. <laughs> can I ask you about what's in the safe? Uh, you can ask me about what's in the safe, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> So as people are starting to get aware, we're about to do a major promotion. So we're, I can't say the exact major prize right now, but coming up, there's a win me sticker on that safe. The contents of that safe in the last two months has earned two of our e-commerce clients about $550,000 in sales. Someone's going to win what's in that safe and it's the exact stuff that actually made over half a million dollars worth in sales. So I'm waiting for one more cog to come together before I can say some more about that. But thanks for bringing it up because it's a, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's going to be very cool once we do it. And the whole concept around that is we want people to ask comments on our YouTube videos and Facebook. Uh, we want people to be asking us questions for experts like yourself, Marae, to help us answer. And whether it's you come in again, if you want Marae in again, ask some questions. Um, or if we get someone in, we're talking legal, we can talk about finances, small business lending, um, awards, like anything, right? As long as it's got to do with marketing, sales or advertising, we want to generate conversations and we want to be able to answer them uh, on these podcasts and vlogs. So thanks for asking that. Hey, um, where can people find you day to day? Is there a website or a social media platform that you're hanging out on the most? Well, the Social Media Marketing Institute is uh, www.smminstitute.com.au. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Marie Ryan, and that's M-I-R-E-I-L-L-E-R-Y-A-N. On LinkedIn and Twitter are probably the best places to um, connect with me from a messaging perspective. Cool. I'll chuck those in the comments below so people can find you because I'm sure you have no end of trouble with your name spelled how it is. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> awesome, Marie. Thanks heaps. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll get you in again one day soon to chat about something else awesome. Sounds awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks.